welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your place for all Colorado sports, and we are going to get into the Denver Nuggets 100-86 win at home over the Charlotte Hornets. Um, there was a lot that went into this game. I want to get into basically all of it. Um, base, th- th- here's a quick little outline. Uh, Murray got hurt, which is going to be very notable. I already have a piece on MileHighSports.com right now explaining Jamal Murray's injury, what we know about it so far, and who could fill in in his place with quotes from Michael Malone, Monte Morris, and P.J. Dozier. So you'll be able to get a lot of information on Jamal Murray's injury on MileHighSports.com if you are curious enough to go check it out over there. In addition to Monte Morris, or sorry, in addition to Jamal Murray's injury, Gary Harris also missed this game, as did Paul Millsap. So we'll get into their injuries as well just a little bit more. I spoke extensively about both of them on the last podcast, but still give another quick update on where they're at and who played instead of them and how they played. Um, We'll talk about PJ Dozier's Denver Nuggets debut and how well he played and my thoughts on his skill set. We will talk about Michael Porter Jr. killing it once again, Mason Plumlee playing great, Denver's bench starting to find a groove, and the very, very high-level defensive performance that the Denver Nuggets put together. Of course, we will then end the show by answering some questions from listeners, as I always like to do, before looking ahead to the next few games that the Denver Nuggets are going to be playing, and kind of give my own predictions for what I think will be happening. So, as usual, jam-packed show, but first and foremost, I wanted to say thank you to all the listeners, because this show, especially since I joined the Blue Wire Podcast Network, has really taken off more and more, seemingly with every single episode, and that would not happen without the listeners of this show, all the people who share the podcast, everybody who's left a five-star review on iTunes, everybody who has left a comment, or whatever it may be, subscribing to the show, all of those small little things, while they may seem inconsequential, are very, very important to allowing me to do what I do. So seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot say thank you enough to everybody who has interacted, who has sent in questions, who has been a part of this show as a whole, and has interacted with me and allowed this show to become what it is. So seriously, to every single one of the sponsors that has ever been on this show, to Untuck It, who is the sponsor of this show, to Terrapin Care Station, who is the longest-running sponsor of this podcast, to the Regulators Production Group, who came and helped me put together some beats for this podcast, to make it sound that much better. I just cannot begin to explain how thankful I am for all of you guys because I wouldn't even be able to do this without you. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we're going to take our first break and then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this Nuggets win over the Hornets. Ever seen an untucked button-down shirt? They usually look bad. Why? Because they were not meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter what size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I'm like 5'9 and stubby, so it's very difficult to find the kind of professional clothes, you know, not just casual, but good-looking clothes that fit the right way. That's why Untuck It 
it is so great. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too big, or too long ever again. And their website is incredibly easy to use. All you have to do is go to untuckit.com and they even have an entire page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off. said in the first segment we are going to talk about the nuggets 100 to 86 win over the charlotte hornets um of course the charlotte hornets they're nothing incredible this is not a team that is going to blow anybody out of the water but this is still a group of guys who play hard there's plenty of talent on the team lots of offensive firepower between Devonte graham terry rozier miles bridges P.J. Washington, and then they got a bench unit that's got some firepower, too, and Marvin Williams, Nicholas Batum, Bismack Biamba, who had some good moments for them tonight, as well as Vili Hernan Gomez, Wancho uh, Hernan Gomez's brother, and overall... It was a good battle. It was a game in which the Nuggets, they had to fight for it. It wasn't just like a walk in the park. But at the same time, they were able to take care of business against a team they are better than at home and not have to worry too much about it. Yes, the Hornets did lead it by about five points at one point in the game, but the Nuggets won every quarter except for the third quarter pretty convincingly, which eventually led to their 14-point victory. And that is despite the fact that they did not have Gary Harris or Paul Millsap and they lost Jamal Murray to his left ankle injury right before halftime. So overall, this is a it's a, it's the kind of win that you wanted to see this Nuggets team have. Uh, so much of the conversation about this team has been predicated around this idea that they have no I- idea how to beat teams they are better than, but they are very, very good at taking it to the teams that are compared to them or better than them. But tonight was the opposite. They came out here and just handled business against a team they should have absolutely beaten, and they did it in convincing fashion, despite the fact that they were down three starters for at least half of the game and two starters for the entire game. So all of that is positive. All that's very good. Of course, the one negative is the fact that Jamal Murray did end up getting hurt in this game right before halftime. He was in front of the Charlotte Hornets bench, and then his left ankle rolled pretty badly. He immediately collapsed to the floor, was in a ton of pain, and the Charlotte Hornets bench immediately signaled to the Nuggets bench to get their trainer over to him. He was on the ground for quite a few minutes, writhing in pain. Jamal Murray is not one who is showing his pain very often. His pain tolerance is out of this world. This is a dude in his rookie year played through two sports hernias at the same time. And despite all of those things, despite the fact that he did push-ups in the snow as a kid with his dad to help kill off his pain sensors in his brain and all of these crazy things that he's done, he couldn't contain himself with this injury, which made things extremely concerning. 
The Nuggets team ended up huddling around him. There was clearly some concern when he was carried off the floor by, by Vlatko Chanchar and PJ Dozier. He put absolutely zero weight onto his left leg. Um, when I saw him coming out of the x-ray room, he did not have a shoe on his left leg and did not put any pr uh, pressure on it. Once again, zero weight bearing at that point. So... Now that the game has ended and that we have more information, what is known? So, as again, as I have already written on MileHighSports.com, so you can go find my article there about Jamal Murray's ankle turning on him. Uh, Jamal Murray, he had x-rays. The x-rays were all negative, so there is no fracture and there is no break of any kind. That's good, but that does not mean he is out of the woods quite yet. Now it's going to be get an MRI and let's see how severe this sprain is if the sprain is a grade one he could miss a week or two maybe three if it's a grade two you're talking about a month he could miss if it's a grade three sprain you could talk about potentially having surgery there is no clear indication as to how bad this is i heard extremely conflicting reports from multiple different individuals which tells me one very clear thing there is not enough information to make a clear determination at this time what that means is the Nuggets will go through more testing. They will take time tomorrow in Golden State, or maybe Jamal Murray stays in Denver and does not fly with the team, to get additional tests done to figure out the severity of the injury. So right now, there is absolutely no reason to project forward about how long Jamal Murray will be out. We have no idea. It could be 10 days. It could be two months. We really don't know. So because of that, there has to be an operation of a understanding where the Nuggets go from here, but not making any hasty decisions without having all of the facts in front of them. So, again, as I wrote on my article on MileHighSports.com, Michael Malone said after the game that with Jamal Murray out, it will be Monte Morris's starting spot, which is very, very encouraging because Monte Morris has been awesome in the past couple weeks and getting him more minutes, especially alongside Nikola Jokic, will do nothing but help this Nuggets team. Obviously, losing Jamal Murray is a negative, but if you have Monte Monte Morris to step in, who could start for quite a few teams himself in the league. That's a very, very helpful player to have in your back pocket. Um, beyond him, though, when you start talking about the fact that the Nuggets have lost a creator on the floor... They're going to have to find someone off the bench to be able to be that guy. Mason Plumley can create a little bit uh, for other teammates. He's not a guy you can just dump the ball into the high post and expect him to create like Nikola Jokic does, but he can do it. But beyond him... If you all of a sudden have Monte Morris with the starting unit, you have guys like Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig potentially if Gary Harris gets healthy, um, as your guys that you have to hope can learn how to create, and they just aren't really those kinds of people. Michael Porter Jr. can create his own shot, and if his shot does fall, it'll create openings for other players, but he's not a creator. He is not that kind of guy yet, so... With that being said, my my guess, my idea, is that Will Barton will be staggered to bench units a lot. Will Barton will give them that ball-handling ability, someone who can create shots for himself and for his teammates without having to make too many drastic changes to the rotation. So they could start Monte Morris, get Will Barton off the floor first for Michael Porter Jr. so that when you go back fully to the bench, you can get Will Barton in there with a P.J. Dozier, with a Wancho Hernan Gomez, with a Michael Porter Jr., with a Mason Plumley. That would allow 
the Nuggets to at least keep some semblance of the same rotation they have without losing too much. Um, it'll be an interesting thing to see how the Nuggets go about it. It'll be interesting to see if Gary Harris is healthy enough to play next game. It'll be interesting to see when Paul Millsap returns. All of those things leave a big gaping hole when it comes to trying to answer these questions, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the other thing is that Michael Malone, after the game, he was very clearly willing to let P.J. Dozier continue to earn minutes and continue to be a backup point guard if the Nuggets need to soak up some minutes. And that's what I think the Nuggets are going to do, is they're going to play P.J. Dozier off of the bench as the backup point guard and make sure to pair Will Barton with that bench unit as much as possible, despite the fact that he is a starter. So that's what I'm assuming is going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting because Jamal Murray being hurt for however long it may be, is going to throw a wrench into this equation. Uh, again, no Gary Harris was out with a right adductor strain, which is his groin injury, adductor injury, uh, core injury. It's all in that same area. So he missed the game. Um, in his place, Torrey Craig started, which was seemingly a decision made because Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are such good, high explosive guards in that backcourt for the Hornets. Um, also, Paul Millsap missed another game with that left knee contusion slash sprain. In his place, Jeremy Grant started. The Nuggets bench unit was nothing to be uh, you know, amazed by. Torrey Craig, in the time that he filled in for Gary Harris, had four points, two rebounds, and an assist in 28 minutes and was a minus six. Um, I wouldn't say that he was bad by any stretch, but he wasn't exactly you know, a massively impactful player. And the same thing can be said for Jeremy Grant, who was five of nine from the field. He missed his only three-pointer, did grab eight rebounds, um, sorry, five rebounds, but you know, 14 points, 5 of 10 shooting. There's nothing amazing about it, but he was helpful. 31 minutes played well. Beyond that, though, the Nuggets starters kind of struggled. Nikola Jokic, he was, he didn't do a ton. He was a great passer, 8 rebounds, 8 assists in this game, but he had 4 turnovers, only shot the ball 9 times. It wasn't really that impactful. Um... Will Barton, 4 of 11, 3 of 8 from 3, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. He was a team high plus 18, but just 13 points in 31 minutes. Um, obviously, Jamal Murray only played the first half, so not a whole lot from the starters in this game. The Nuggets won this game, in my opinion, because of their bench unit. Their bench unit tonight, you get Michael Porter Jr., 19 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, an assist, 2 steals, and a block shot, was a plus 16 in 25 minutes tonight. Monte Morris, his numbers don't jump off the page, but was very, very, very good. 4 points, 5 assists, 0 turnovers, hit a 3-pointer, um, was overall just a very helpful player. Mason Plumlee continues to play well, 15 points, 6 of 8 from the field, um, he hit three of his eight free throws, which is still helpful because he got to the line that much. He had five boards, two assists in this game. Only one turnover was a plus 17 in 16 minutes. Then you have P.J. Dozier, who had his debut tonight. 12 points on five of seven shooting, two of four from three, all in the second half. Four rebounds, two assists was very, very helpful. So overall, this was a game that the Nuggets got a lot of production of everywhere because they were without three starters for the majority of the game and because of that it definitely took a team effort so overall very very good game despite the fact that they didn't have three of their starters I want to talk about or more about PJ Dozier's debut because 
he knew he might get a chance to play with Gary Harris and Jamal Murray both banged up. He was called up for that reason. And there were players in his ears, Torrey Craig, um, Monte Morris, guys telling him to be ready. But once Jamal Murray went down with that ankle injury, everything shifted. He knew he was going to be called upon, had to be ready for it. And that kind of realization, it usually creates nerves. But man, P.J. Dozier was cool as a cucumber, man. That dude did not have any nerves whatsoever. And as he said, you don't have to get prepared when you're already prepared or whatever the quote was um so for him to go out there and to give the nuggets the minutes he gave them 12 points in 13 minutes with tied a career high his five field goal makes tonight were a career high he was five of seven from the field his two three-point makes were a career high he was two of four from the field also had four rebounds and two assists in this game did not turn the ball over michael malone has consistently given P.J. Dozier tons and tons of love, whether he was with the team or not. Going all the way back to training camp, Michael Malone had made it very clear to anybody who would listen that he believes P.J. Dozier is an NBA player, not a G League player, an NBA player. And tonight, after the game, he got to heap more praise upon the young uh, backup point guard. He was just so amazed by his ability to play in the pick and roll he spoke about just how good his attitude is how good his work ethic is how prepared he was how easy it was to put him in there and how frankly Michael Malone just trust him with those minutes and this is 100% something that PJ Dozier has been preparing for he spoke about it after the game extensively he even talked about how Alex English has been a mentor to him because they both went to South Carolina and how he's been able to be prepared for this moment because he's been preparing for it his entire life so to see him play so well to see him have such a great grasp of how to play in the pick and roll to see a couple three-pointers fall to see him attacking downhill despite the fact that it was his NBA debut for the Nuggets this game to see his defense man his defense was good he is a seven foot wingspan and is six foot six as a point guard like he has a real ability to defend point guards as well as a lot of players in the NBA are able to do so so Overall, really, really impressive debut by P.J. Dozier, and I hope we get to see a whole lot more of him going forward. Let's talk about Michael Porter Jr., because holy shit, his first half was bonkers. I mean, the dude, I believe he was 7 of 8 in the first half. He had... 17 points in eight minutes or something just completely ridiculous he was unconscious hitting all kinds of three-pointers getting to the rim drawing fouls blocking shots grabbing steals grabbing rebounds knowing where to be not getting lost knowing exactly what his role is and fulfilling it beautifully I am just so impressed with Michael Porter Jr. at this point, and tonight was just another reason to be that way. He led the Nuggets with 19 points tonight, took the most shots on the team, but was 7 of 13. He took the most three-pointers on the team, hit the most three-pointers on the team, had the third highest plus-minus at plus 16, led the, or sorry, was tied for the lead in rebounding on the team, and did not turn the ball over. What else can you ask for from a guy like that? A guy like Monte Morris told us after the game tonight we were talking uh, to him as media was has, has barely played in two years, has been thrown to the fire, and how it's not fair that he has to learn like this. But regardless of the fact that how difficult the situation is, he continually just keeps playing better and better and better. I am just so encouraged by what he's been able to show so far at this point. 
Last thing I want to talk about before getting into a question and answer and all of those kinds of things is just the fact that Denver's defense was so damn good in this game once again. Um, the Nuggets defense has been sliding as of late, but when you hold a team to just 81 shooting possessions, 40.7% from the field, 34.3% on 35 three-point attempts, only 14 free throw attempts, and force them into 14 turnovers for 17 points, that is a massive defensive win. They held them to 86 points in 48 minutes of basketball. Just a really, really impressive defensive performance from this Nuggets team, who had eight steals, seven block shots, but really just got in a stance and handled business. They held the Hornets to 50% shooting in the paint, which isn't amazing for 42 points, only 11 second chance points, um, and only 12 fast break points. Overall, it's hard to find fault with the Nuggets defense in this game. So, Really, the the way to break this game this game down is it sucks that Jamal Murray got hurt. It was very good to see how the bench unit played. PJ Dozier was very very helpful. Michael Porter Jr. continually shows he deserves more minutes. Nikola Jokic is still quietly the conductor of everything that makes Denver great, and they have so much depth to be able to deal with this. So overall, an encouraging game for this Denver Nuggets team that was looking for encouraging wins against a team that they should beat. So it's hard to be upset with a Nuggets team right now that just continually finds ways to win games. All right, we're going to take our second break and we are going to come back, answer some questions from listeners and look ahead to what is next for this Denver Nuggets team. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Like, um, as I always say, I don't know everything. I don't see everything. Being able to take in questions from listeners like this, it opens up new possibilities for my, you know, for different conversation points or different information that maybe I wasn't able to convey because I didn't know as as important to, to particular people. So. These are very, very helpful pieces. Fans sending in questions for things that they just don't fully have a grasp of. It allows me to get into a lot of different topics. So. Once again, as I said at the top of the show, thank you guys so much for interacting, sending in questions, being a part of the show, subscribing, and all of that fun stuff. So let's just dive into that. Um, friend of the show, Asil Ahmad, asks, how do you see lineups changing, assuming Jamal Murray may be out a while? Thrill start at point guard or Monte? So I do think Monte Morris starts at point guard, but you're going to see a lot of ball handling duties for Will Barton. The Nuggets are going to need him to do a whole lot in terms of just being 
being a creator and someone who can handle the ball under duress without making bad decisions. So I do think that they end, like I was saying before, I think, think that the Nuggets are going to stagger Will Barton to their bench unit quite a bit to give that bench unit an additional ball handler while allowing Monte Morris to be the starting point guard of this Denver Nuggets team. Um, I also, P.J. Dozier should get minutes off the bench. I assume he'll play about 15 minutes a game. Um, for, as long as Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are out, I see about 15 minutes a night for P.J. Dozier. So we'll have to just wait and see. I, but again, you're right about Thrill getting a lot of ball handling duties, but Monte will be the starting point guard. Uh, toughest team in the West to match up wise. This comes in from Cameron Taba Tabi. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, there's one answer here, and it's just the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know how you defend a LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll, especially if they have shooters around them. It just isn't possible. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it regularly. I don't know how you scout that team. I don't know what you can do to be able to make it more uh, difficult for them to deal with things. I don't know. That team is unfair, and I really am curious to see how things play out if the Nuggets end up playing the Lakers in a playoff series. Uh, can you assign Jamal's 32 minutes? Does PJ just fill Monte's spot and Monte just moves up? Uh, yes. So if you look tonight, Monte Morris ended up playing 23 or 24 minutes. I would assume that number gets closer, but to 28 to 30 and once you give him 28 to 30 you'll see Will Barton's uh, minutes per game jump up into that 35 minutes per game then you can give PJ Dozier about 15 minutes play Michael Porter Jr. and Malik Beasley a little bit more and you've pretty much made up the minutes of Jamal Murray's um, rotation spot so it'll be hard I'm not sure how it'll go but that's kind of how I see it I think Monte will get the most I think PJ will get the second most I think Will Barton will get the third most minutes or at least gain net gain gain in minutes with Malik Beasley and Michael Porter Jr. catching a few extra as well. Uh, that was by Calvin and Hobo, by the way, that question that came in. Uh, moving on, though, is there still hope for a Malik Beasley comeback this season? This comes in from J-Bag. I really don't know. Uh, think of it this way. The Nuggets were without three starters tonight, two of which were guards, and despite that fact, P.J. Dozier played 13 minutes while Malik Beasley played six. I don't think there is a spot for Malik Beasley in Denver anymore. I think that he has officially ended his time here. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Nuggets navigate the trade deadline. I'm assuming if they can get anything from a top 20 protected first round pick, um, or better, that they would absolutely pull the trigger. Maybe they could do it for two seconds. But as of right now, there just isn't a role for Malik Beasley on this team. And I do not envision him taking a bigger step forward at any point going forward. Uh, Kawhi asks, can MPJ carve out a 20 plus minute role with Murray out for a bit? Yes, I definitely think so. Especially if Paul Millsap and Gary Harris are both also going to be out. When you don't have Paul Millsap or Gary Harris, you have to have Will Barton play some two. All of a sudden, Wancho Hernan Gomez is playing some four. And what that does is it opens up a wide open gap for some small forward minutes. I would assume that Michael Porter Jr. starts next game in Golden State if all three of them are still hurt in that game, which I assume they will be. I do not expect Gary Harris to play. I do not expect Paul Millsap to play, and I do not expect Jamal Murray to play. So if that's the case, I'm assuming it's Monte Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic starting, which would then mean you have P.J. Dozier, Malik Beasley, Mike, um, and then Torrey Craig, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Mason Plumley off the bench. And you'll have to stagger quite a bit to make that work, but that's how I envision it playing out. Uh, last question coming in from a Nuggets Nation account. Why does Tim Connolly find such great talent? 
Honestly, that dude does not stop. It's absolutely incredible for somebody who was the president of basketball operations to find as much time as he does to get out on the road and actually scout players. Whenever I have conversations about random players that I find interesting, he always has some like bizarro ass name of some player that I have never heard of in my life that he was curious about because he was just watching some random film of him the day before. It's just absolutely bizarre how many people Michael Malone knows in basketball and how many players he keeps. I'm sorry, Tim Connolly um, knows and how many players Tim Connolly keeps tabs on as a scout, despite the fact that he is the president of basketball out of the Nuggets. So that's really what it is. The dude puts the work in, and that's the end all be all of that. Uh, what is to come? The Nuggets will finish up the second back-to-back in Golden State tomorrow. Um, then they will have a couple days off before coming back home to take on the Pacers and then taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota the very next night for their third back-to-back of the month. So we'll see how that goes. I do think the Nuggets end up going 2-1 and one on this stretch. Beating Indiana twice within two weeks is very difficult, but they could go 3-0, and which would be very, very encouraging. That's it from me tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting and being around the show. It makes it so much better when you guys are involved. So keep subscribing, keep leaving reviews, keep doing all that fun stuff. It helps me more and more. But until next time, we will talk to you guys later.